The only podcast that knows how to make a podcast. This is Bombers. Hi, welcome to the only podcast that's made. We made it, guys. We did it. We it's cr- clap, it was clap, created. clap, clap. Punch, punch, punch. <laughs> that opening line is a fun joke that you will only understand if you are a Patreon supporter and listen to the pre-show recording, which we will hear about more later from Bomber Number Three Zyber. Hello, that is me. And I guess I should introduce myself. No. Hi, I'm okay. Uh, we've got a we've got a show. We made a podcast. Isn't that that's like a isn't that a it's like a movie or something? Like we 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 made it. We built a zoo or something. We made yeah. a podcast. We like made the, a podcast. Except the very that. disappointing <laughs> spinoff. I mean, I could just imagine what filmmakers would do to try to make it exhilarating and such. It's like who would be the antagonist? Us ourselves? Yeah, ju- <laughs> just us. It's like um. Pretty sure they already have that as a show, though. It's called iCarly. No, that's a a vodcast. Oh, it, I don't, I I don't know anything about it. Or Sorry a vlog. I'm not. I mean, podcasts weren't really popular then, so they might have been basing off of vlogs they, instead. But didn't they recently, like this year, bring iCarly back? And it's like a weird meta commentary on her attempting to maintain her relevance in a world that has left her behind yeah i saw the first episode and it's just like what if everyone sucked as an adult then we would be living in the real world (laughs) got him yeah yeah yep we're adults in the look at us look at that we have a podcast perfect example of sucking an adult we run a podcast Ooh. It's even harder Speaking... to do it now. It's just two of us, because like you know, podcasts are usually three guys together at least. <laughs> three yeah, or more. You gotta, have, you gotta have the three talking heads. Well, uh, we are looking for more guests to bring on Zyber, as you know. Which I suppose we can take that right now and roll it into. Hey, out there, would you like to be a guest on the Bombers? Join the Discord and let us know. On the Discord. You okay there? <laughs> I, I got some burp issues going on here. It's kind of painful, actually. Okay. So, like, something, about being a, something about being a guest. I some don't really slow-acting poison over there. Um, but, yeah, <sighs> if you want to join us for an episode or two, let us know. Come join our Discord. Let us know who you are before we invite a random stranger onto our podcast. Just so you know, yeah. though, I have all the power. You cannot just say whatever you feel like. The editing magic. Ooh. No, I just have this really giant hammer. Oh. That's like, yeah, you you threatening to edit stuff out of the podcast is sort of an empty threat, because nothing gets edited out of the podcast. Oh, no, there's a lot of silence I edit out. It's fine. This fan right here, due to it being like 100 degrees, it's, it's, it's going to be edited hot. out, hopefully. Oh, it's uh, so hot. I hate boy. this. But anyway, yeah. um, if you, like, people who are friends of the show, you you guys are like, you know, the top tier of, if you want to be a guest 
It's like, you just say the word and you'll be right in here. Yeah, and I mean, I don't want to spoil it, so I'm going to tease it, but we do have one guest already lined up for the beginning of June, so that's something that people can look forward to. Who is it? I know, but you don't. You'll just well, have Cyber to uh, look at the list of possibilities and be like, ah, it's probably this person. And if you guess who it is before it happens, guess what? You win a guest spot on the podcast. Congratulations. <laughs> yes. Email us at thisisbombers.com on who you think is going to be the next guest. Speaking of emails and stuff, Cyber, why don't you uh, share a bunch of our different news items? I don't know. There's a okay. segue there. Well, you see, on sharing some news items about the bombers i think the best way to do that would be in our everyone's favorite segment of the show bombastic news so i'll go ahead with that then hey dig hey zyber you know that we are now on youtube whoa 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 no hold on that one was new this time we're on youtube now yeah what it surprised even me yeah just go to our youtube this is bombers and you'll see this episode on there as well as last week's still working on getting older episodes out there but yeah if you you want to just uh, listen on youtube because it's your preferred way of listening to podcasts we're now on youtube have at it it's got a nice little video of like you know sound oh, whoops stuff I pressed a button and noises came out of my computer <laughs> whoops that typically happens when you press a button that's why you don't go pressing computers buttons they will retaliate I was going to say, yeah, go to youtube.com slash thisisbombers, but that definitely is not it. You just got to search on YouTube for This Is Bombers because there's no custom URL yet. We need to get popular first. Yeah, so if you want us to be able, if you want to be able to get to us by going to youtube.com slash thisisbombers, you're going to have to get people to view us there in order for you that to what, happen. You know what time it's for? It's time for now that... Now that, now that Shay has stepped down, we can finally say it. Hey, everybody, make sure to like and subscribe and hit that bell icon to get notifications for new videos. Yeah, and by new videos, we mean podcast just episodes. Pod- just, just the podcast episodes. So there's, like, some, like, stuff from streaming? Yeah, the idea is to put some highlight videos from the different streaming moments on there as well and then have a steady weekly release of the podcast on there. So it is worth subscribing to if you, like, end up missing some of our streams and still want to have bomber related background noise youtube yeah which is trying that now (coughs) oh now i'm burping okay uh yeah so (laughs) speaking of that streaming thing you can also go to our twitch at twitch.tv slash this bombers i think that that one is correct awesome i did it right and you can watch us stream things if you feel like you know something was really awesome and deserves to be on youtube feel free to you know cut cut that video open and give it to us we'll put it on there or something like that something like that uh i don't know how it works i'm just an audio editor yep uh we also of course have our website which i guess we could post a link to our youtube on if we haven't done that already (laughs) no that's pending um whatever but yeah this this is bombers.com all the information that you need Yep, Discord, stuff. email, Twitch, Twitter. It's all on there. Just not YouTube, because it's too new. Uh, also can, on there, of course, is our Patreon, where you can become a friend, best friend, galactic friend. Uh, no, I don't know. No, what was the thing? Bomb, bomb, fan, 
Fantastic like, bomb do something like that. Executive, executive bomb deucer. Or you can be an acquaintance for a low, low price of one five ten or one hundred dollars a month. And Super if you are a sold. friend or above, you are more likely to be accepted as a guest on our show. And also yep. a few other things that you can get. You know, have our only friends channel on the Discord. Be able to Increased. see our pre and post show episodes we record. That's the real benefit right there. You got these these pre and post shows. They started off a little rough. I'll be I'll be honest. They've been they've been pretty good recently, Zyber. Honestly, I've been having fun conversing with you, both on the podcast and before the podcast and after the podcast. All both of those. Yep. It'd be a lot easier if we had three people, because then there'd be more mouths to talk while we're doing eating pre, eating pre our dinner stuff. before the yeah. show starts. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I had taquitos and they were delicious. I, I had chowder and it was delicious. Like the show? Uh, yeah, so who are our current uh, friends and best friends? Because I love them. I already know who they are, but I want the audience to know who they are too. I yes, the well, love them. shout out to our current best friends of the show, Anne and Rob. And our friends of the show, Haley, Aaron, Minted Peas, and Reaper. And our Woo. acquaintance... Thank you for being our acquaintance. Thank, thank you, acquaintance. If you want your name in there, you gotta, you gotta up more money to us. Names cost money. Money costs I know who time. You are. I know who you are when I, when I meet you, but I can't remember your name until you, until it gets said by somebody else in conversation. You're not a friend. You're an acquaintance. Exactly. That's how that's how, that's works. how that works. <laughs> so anyway, uh, let's move on. What's what games are coming out this week? Oh, the upcoming releases for this week. I'm glad you asked, Zyber. Hey, Zyber, did you know that there are upcoming releases this week? I did not. Are there actually? Is that not written? Some. Uh, let's see. Tomorrow, May 17th, Tuesday, Umurangi Generation is a game that is coming to the PC, Switch, Xbox One, and Sexbox series. This game is, uh, here's the tag from, from the official website. Uh, Umurangi Generation is a first-person photography game in the crappy future set in Taranga Ayataroa off the back of an impending crisis. Wow, that was hard to say. Off the back of an impending crisis, you are a courier for the Taranga Express. Throughout the game, you will unlock a variety of lenses and equipment, which to me is like, this is Mirror's Edge, right? You're a courier taking photographs. Is that what Mirror's Edge is? I don't, I don't think know. You're, you're not actually take. I guess Mirror's Edge meets Beyond Good and Evil. I don't know if this game actually has parkour. Um, I guess it's Mirror's Edge meets Beyond Good and Evil meets Pokemon Snap because the main gameplay is uh, actually grading your photos based off of like color, content, composition, and all that kind of stuff. Well, I hope it's a lot as. better than Pokemon Snap's thing of uh we want the pokemon right in the middle facing straight at the camera and yeah no other concerns for what the shot actually looks like we need the pokemon's face in the middle background doesn't matter nothing else i think they fixed some of that weird grading problem in new snap at least but yeah hopefully they they have figured out a way to grade photo <clears throat> and that's a thing you're grading an artistic thing with an algorithm like it's not gonna be great well that's just like your opinion man the algorithm Anyways, is facts. It's an interesting looking, uh, like very artsy looking graphics and and whatnot. 
Yeah, it's that sounds interesting. I like that it specifically says it's a crappy future. Yeah, and this is uh, playism. Is what? Don't know the that developer. One. Yeah, so I don't know who that is either. Uh, then on May nineteenth, which is oh Thursday, I missed a day there on my document. Yeah, May nineteenth on thir- Thursday, May nineteenth. Lovely. Vampire the Masquerade, Swan Song, which is a new role-playing video game in the Vampire the Masquerade series of games. Well, hold so on. Like... Didn't we just get a Vampire the Masquerade game? Yeah, that was Vampire the Masquerade Blood Hunt, I believe, which is a Battle Royale game, which is weird. This is an actual narrative-driven single-player role-playing video game, so it is much more... Oh, that sounds what boring. I, it's much more what I expect out of VTM. Um, however, with it being narrative-driven, it's not quite... I don't think it's quite the same as uh, Bloodlines, which was like the vampire game back in the early 2000s. Nonetheless, if you're into World of Darkness, Vampire the Masquerade, all of that, uh, it's probably definitely worth checking this out with its focus on the narrative of the world and, and actually being a vampire as opposed to the weird battle royale stuff that I, I think it was called blood hunt i think so you know i'm surprised that they never made a telltale vampire the masquerade game i'm not that surprised because that feels like something that white wolf is gonna mostly keep a little bit more in-house instead of full-on licensing at least now that they're refocusing on on building back up the brand well maybe they should know. just make their own telltale math vampire the masquerade game well maybe that's what this is is it i don't know i didn't think of that did you it's a narrative driven single play player role playing yeah but is game. it a, is it a movie where you're given options to choose what happens next i didn't actually go to the official website for it so i couldn't tell you anyone Journalism. who's actually playing this game tell <laughs> us what it is <laughs> yep and then on may 20th which is next this coming friday is a game called dolman i had not heard of this until i looked at the upcoming releases and the only reason that i'm bringing it up is because i went to the official website and got this as the quote and i it made me giggle a little bit <clears throat> This is a, a quote slash review slash blurb like excerpt whatever from Vortex, which I have no freaking clue what Vortex is, but it says, Dolman seems like a dream come true for those who like soul-like genre. So we're getting another souls-like game. Oh boy. Uh, com- yeah. I'm so confused um, what a souls-like genre is though. Yeah, it's roguelike, but hard to play it's like it's a know. 3d roguelite light not even like really yeah, rogue, it's a roguelite because you still keep progression dolman casts players into a hostile alien world known as revion prime your job is to bring back samples of a crystal with particularly unique properties the so-called dolman these crystals are capable of allowing interaction between realities revolutionizing space exploration and changing the known world forever like i don't get how any of this is souls i mean it's it's a rogue like yeah i mean people people just love playing souls like because they're all like whoa these games slow on they got a big cult following we should say just this game is like hope that the advertising works 
Like um, yeah, Crash Eternal. Bandicoot, you know, the Souls of Platformers. <laughs> yeah. Like, was Returnal a Souls-like? No, it was a roguelite. Nobody tried to add, but also it had gunplay. I guess maybe this game has swords play. Maybe you have to have sword play. I don't know. You know, I would be all for a gun souls game. More than Bloodborne was? Like a full-on actual gun game? Yeah. You know, I tried Googling Dolmen, and I got a Dolmen is a type of single-chamber megalithic tomb, usually consisting of two or more vertical megaliths, supporting a large flat horizontal capstone or table. A dolmen is what Stonehenge is made out of. Those are dolmens. Yeah. So, so there, you learned you learned something from today's episode of Bombers. So I guess at the end you'll probably find a table slash arch looking Dol- thing that you use as a portal, I guess. Or maybe that's you use these weird I don't know. Dolmen Gate was a pretty cool Magic the Gathering card that I made a fun deck. Uh, oh, I see. This this around, is why it's it a souls like. I see on Twitter there for Dolman. There's pro tip: dodge if you want to live. Very souls like. That's yeah. <laughs> you only need to dodge in souls games. True. Oh, you died. You didn't dodge enough. Dodge harder. Those are the upcoming releases for this week, Zyber. Um, I am not interested. It, I am not interested in any of them. There's some interesting ones, but. Maybe Umarangi Generation, if I can check it out for cheap. But the other ones, I'm like, eh, pass. Yeah. 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 Well, I guess the only thing left to do is move on to the Weekly Bomb. Weekly Bomb. So, not much has really happened, but uh, there was a fun article that came out. Was it just today or was it yesterday uh you're the one that supplied this article you tell me (laughs) it was yesterday cool and so it's nintendo says the transition to its next console is a major concern for us and by us they mean nintendo not us not the not the players not the users not the not the united states that'd be really weird (laughs) that would be very weird you better watch out to this console it's a major concern for U.S. <laughs> no one's going to want to do anything besides play our console. Um, so basically in this article, the, the news is that they're all like, what do we do after the Switch? Which honestly is something because, like, you know, it's reasonable at, yeah. with the Wii, like they had the DS and stuff. And so it seems like they've just been working on this way of like, how can we? Make the switch, basically, like the past few consoles. It's like, how do we get to where the switch he, is? To where the switch is. And so now that they got the switch, it's like, well, you know, Nintendo, they're not just going to make a better switch. Like, what would be the switch, point of that? Switch Plus, Super Switch. So, like, there's the whole thing of uh, what do we make that will provide another form of entertainment for games as unique, and also, like, what will they do for older games prior to this console? Well, the we're we're the year six of the Switch's lifespan now. Can't believe it. Yeah, I, I feels like two years ago that the Switch came out, but time keeps on moving. You know, Cyber past three years didn't count. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. Uh, but yeah, we're in year six of the <coughs> Switch's lifespan. I saw uh, in this article in in the 
interview that the article is quoting, at least, they were talking like, oh, yeah, we're uh, about, quote unquote, about halfway through the Switch's lifespan as far as Nintendo's view of that is concerned. So that is probably about time to start thinking about the next console while still supporting this one. And as you said earlier, where do you go from here? I mean, we saw from the 3DS, or from the DS came the 3DS, which was just an iteration upon that. Then from the 3DS, they had the mid-generation refresh into the new 3DS. The Wii to Wii U was not good. In fact, the DS to the 3DS was not super great. Oh, man. As far as the... It's it's crazy how crappy the first year of the 3DS's life was. Yeah, it was really bad. And, like, they had no reason for it to be. They just didn't have any games ready for it. They just botched it, yeah. I actually Uh, just looked up, like, when the PS5 and such came out. I didn't realize it's already been a year and a half. It's, like, November of 2020. And there's still so many people that can't get it. Yeah, it's like, that's kind of interesting. It's like, oh, like, this current gen we're in has been out for, like, a year and a half. Not counting Switch being out before that, because they kind of broke up the the thing of consoles coming out around the same time. Yeah, Nintendo always does their own schedule. So, yeah, like, Nintendo's like, yeah, it's been six years and stuff, so we, we gotta start thinking of the next console. That makes sense. But, like, I'm also yeah. just all like, yeah, I'm fine with the Switch keeps existing, because, like, sure, they're not able to run, they're, they're, they definitely can't run, like, PS5, Xbox Series games. But there's a lot of the game streaming type stuff that doesn't even work very well oh my on gosh. the Switch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like there's still plenty of like, you know, not even just indie, but there's still like higher developers that make games that aren't necessarily graphic intense that still are then able to play on the Switch. And so yeah. like it's not really a thing to me like, oh, no, the Switch needs to catch up or Nintendo needs to catch up. But also then again, I'm fine with having a Switch and like a PS5 slash PC for that kind of stuff. That's the niche that Nintendo's kind of carved from themselves all the way back to the Wii, is that they've always been the and console. And I've said that for for years. You don't... Most people either have a Switch or they have a PlayStation and Switch or Xbox and Switch. So, yeah, I'm fine with the Switch still existing, even for another five or six years, maybe... They're definitely get. They'll definitely get to the point where I'm just like, all right, ready for something new. But yeah, we and we did just recently get the mid console refresh with the OLED version of the yeah. Switch. Still, which was disappointed. Kind by of that. A big disappointment, honestly. Yeah, I think I saw that there's like another something or other for a possible, you know, Switch Pro, whatever. But you know, that's always going to be. In the news. That's, those rumors are going to be all over the place just because people yeah. want it to happen, not necessarily because Nintendo's going to do it. I think I heard that there's already one for the PS5 also, but like, you know, that makes sense because they typically do have a half generation boost and we are already a year and a half through it. Yeah, but I feel like this is going to be a weird generation in general. Oh, yeah. Like, it's going to be extended out a bit because of the chip shortages and the inability for people to get stuff like we're going to see a longer console generation for sure so again we're a year and a half in um i i heard yesterday i think it was that 
Sony intends to ship 18 million PS5s in the U.S. Or not to ship, but to sell. Well, I guess both technically at this point. In the U.S. in 2023 or 2022. Just 18 million? Just 18 million. Because, uh... Because last year they sold 22 million. I think this year they're... Their estimates okay. are that they'll be able to produce slash sell eighteen million. That's and it's like that's really still sad. not a lot. The Switch from the last year has sold twenty three million. Yeah, exactly. They've now sold a lifetime of one hundred and seven million, which is really great for them. So that's <laughs> it's really sad yeah. if they're not able to make enough PlayStation fives to because you know they make them they're going to sell. Sadly, I'm still waiting for that to not happen anymore yeah, the, the there's no such thing as a backstock yeah but uh, and there, there won't be until 2024 i'm anticipating honestly so anyway which will be three years into the into the ps5's life before everyone who wants one can get one yeah if, that's gonna extend things out i mean i'm pretty sure there's just going to be a point where there's going to be a warehouse full of them that someone bought, and then it's like, oh no, I can't sell them. What's going on? Oh no, I can't sell these for a massive profit. Let me just dump them because I'm tired of paying for this warehouse space. Yeah, but back to the Switch thing, though. Like, I'm, yep. I'm fine with hearing this news just because, like, I don't really want a Switch Plus. Like, we're we're gonna have a Steam Deck, which is gonna be like that, and who knows what that's going to do for anyone. So if they want to make, once again, some unique hardware, well, I'm interested to see what it is. Like, it is worrisome because, like, they could end up with another Wii U, which I still think was a good console. They just really sucked at it. Yeah, and they could end up with another Wii U or another Virtual Boy. (laughs) I mean, I'd be very impressed if they came up with another Virtual Boy. It's like, guys, you know VR is an actual thing now. (laughs) I just meant as far as, like, the the failure of the... But yeah, yeah. I mean, th- this is pretty par for the course for Nintendo. They tend to be a little bit more cautious while also not being very cautious at all. By which I mean, they do wild and crazy experimental things, but they approach them in a very measured and 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 thoughtful way for the most part. Yeah, they even said that they have the hardware and software development teams in the same building, so they can easily communicate and try to figure out like. Is this hardware going to be good for software or etc.? Yeah, and that just kind of follows with the general Miyamoto mindset, I think, where his whole thing is like, is the game good for the gameplay? Does you know, uh-huh. is the hardware good for the software? All that kind of stuff. That 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 tracks. Although it does feel like both Wii U and Switch, honestly, are not doing or is not are both not having games that are fully utilizing their hardware and so like i wish they would come up with more games that would do that it's too late for the wii u obviously but yeah switch like hey let's, let's get working more and stuff don't have it just as a side real thing of being able to put switches together to do a mini game in mario party give me like an actual whole game that uses that kind of stuff yeah give me a uh what was it called? Nintendo Land? Yeah. Like a Nintendo Land style Switch game where you've got your asynchronous people in the same room with Switches all playing the same game but seeing different things on their screens except for the one Switch that's hooked up to the television that everybody sees. Like that kind of silly. Like get weird with it, Nintendo. Yeah. Let's go. Also, give me a 
Zelda Dungeon Maker. Like, I see how complicated the Mario Makers have become. You can totally do a Zelda Dungeon Maker. Yeah, because the Link's Awakening thing was a flop. That was not a good Dungeon Maker. It was, it was pathetic. Way too. It was way too limited and gross. Uh huh. I want. I want the Mario Maker style dungeon where you can like code up custom interactions between pieces and, and yeah. make your own puzzles and all that kind of fun. Like if you can do red coins and the blue like block thingies, then yeah, you can do actual puzzles. Oh yeah, there's a lot of really wicked like logic gate puzzles in Mario Maker and I can only imagine the wild things that those types of creators could do with a Zelda setting. Like it would be ridiculous. And I would actually play it because it doesn't require precise platforming. <laughs> Yep, it's not uh, Kaizo. But anyway, yep, this is just, I mean, it's not really Aortha Bomb, it's just an interesting news item. I think I think it's pretty The Bomb in that I'm happy that Nintendo is thinking about this now instead of scrambling to figure something out later kind of thing. Like, I'd rather them take that measured approach to it. So I think I think it's smart. and And I like that they're thinking about it now while also saying it's still going to be another five to six years before this happens because I like having the switch continue for that time period. I think that there's still more that we can see from this console. So it's worth prolonging its life a little bit longer. So you may say it's neither. I say it's the bomb. It is bomb. It is bomb. And tin bomb. We are, we are bomb. This is bomb. You are bomb. All right. Uh, speaking of bomb stuff, bomber's notebook. Let's do it, Zyber. All right. I'd go back. So to you picked thing. out some. You picked out some questions from our listeners and community members that we will be answering. So go ahead and uh, host us up on those bomber's notebook questions. Um. Let's see. Our first question is going to be from Werdna. And it is, what is a building design feature that you hate? A building design feature that I hate. I don't like any, like, anything after you. I don't like it when buildings will just have random pieces, like, thrusted out to where, like, it's not even big enough to hold anything. It's just like, oh, yeah, just just a random square amount of floor protruding out of a wall. The, the weird cantilevers and architectural flares. Like, it's not even, like, a, a, a rook or tower or whatever. It's just... It's like, what were they a thinking? <laughs> yeah. Like, the modern modern buildings where they're all super weird with little corners and stuff. Yeah. It's like, oh, we can't be squares. We gotta be squares with a little tumor popping out. Uh, hmm. Yeah, I... Applying the word tumor to it does make me hate it more. I'll tell you that. Exactly. I, I dislike hostile architecture where it's like, here's a bench with, with a random bar in the middle and here's spikes in places. Like, right. come on. Yeah, we know what the reason for that is. We know we know what you're doing and it's unattractive visually and morally. So <laughs> that's what I dislike about design, building design features. Thank you. Now, defensive architecture is great, where you're putting <laughs> up, like, bollards to block off people from driving onto sidewalks. Yeah, that's that seems smart. And you get spikes pointed oh. at angle coming out of the ground. Don't tread on me. 
Yeah. Defensive architecture, good. Hostile architecture, bad. Cyber has disappeared. <laughs> I was looking at my watch. Uh, that was funny. Uh, uh, thank you, Weird Enough, for that question. I know you have many more, and we'll get to them eventually, maybe. Probably. Next question is going to come from Joe, and it is, which is your favorite LOZ, as in Legend of Zelda, to play, and which do you think was the best developed game? This is actually a pretty old question that I'm happy we're finally pulling out to answer. Yeah, that's um, it's pretty deep. It's deep, deep dive. Favorite one, favorite one to play versus the one versus and or is also the one that was best developed. Hmm. I mean, it can be hard to determine like what what is the best developed one. I, uh, yeah, that one's a little bit like. Majora's Mask, they only had a year, so they used a bunch of the Ocarina assets to quick turn that, and like that's pretty smart and clever development tricks there. Also, I mean, Breath of the Wild exists, and the interaction between all of those different systems mm-hmm. with the weather and, and all of that is absurdly ridiculously good. Or you got so. like Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword that had game-ending bugs in them. <laughs> yeah, there's that. So at least Skyward Sword, they had a way of patching that, but Twilight Princess. That's it. That. Don't just don't do this thing. Um, <clears throat> so it's I I mean for me I think best developed I am gonna have to just go with Breath of the Wild, just based off of the way that they coded all of the systems and you can basically do anything that you want to and all of the cool little things that a bunch of gamers and speedrunners and whatnot have been finding that are possible in the game that may, maybe were not even intended by Nintendo when they developed it, and yet they don't break the game. They just make the game more interesting. I mean, they quote-unquote break it, but it's not game-breaking like the bugs in Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword. And I was thinking of going with Majora's Mask just because of how much they had to do for that three-day cycle to work properly. Just yeah, all that scheduling that's... stuff of the characters and such, and you know, speedrunners and find out what what happens if we get to something when we shouldn't be able to get something yet. Yeah, how are how are the flags coded? And that that honestly is probably close second. Not to mention just the interestingness of them figuring out how a Zelda game will work in 3D with Ocarina with the Z targeting and all of that kind of stuff that did make it you know uh, functional to play. I still playing it now it's just like why did they have to make the lock on button the same exact thing as like the camera move button yeah i uh, mean well part of that is just the fact that the nintendo 64 controller is just cuckoo's banana yeah it's like that's uh, why so PlayStation as... controllers had two lnr buttons so you could sometimes use them for camera movement yeah and then that the the trigger and bumper has become standard since yeah uh so that's the answer for best developed as for favorite to play what's your what's your favorite zelda to play zyber i want to say the oracle games oh just because like it's just so much fun to go back to them and like that's i feel like they had the best puzzles and well specifically ages had the best puzzles in the dungeons stuff but seasons also just it's a lot of fun to play through as well I like that answer. Um, I think my answer is going to be a little bit uh, abnormal. Uh, 
because right now my favorite Zeldas to play are the Ocarina randomizers with uh, on stream with with you and the other community members. Yeah, that is a lot of fun. That's just that's just a lot of fun. I really wish that we could do a Link to the Past multiplayer, but like every time I look at it, they're all like, "Oh, you have to hit the bots at the same time to do a regular amount of damage. Otherwise, like it takes." a lot more hits to finish bosses. Like, well, what's the point of that? I want us to be able to not have to be on top of each other. Yeah, that's weird. So, yeah, a little abnormal of an answer for me, but I think that's that's my favorite right now. His second is Tingle's Rosy Rupee Land. I do own that. It's not very good. Uh, the... Other question is actually also from Joe, and it is, what makes a good game soundtrack? Not even just Ooh. what is a good game soundtrack, but what, what makes, what makes a, a game soundtrack good? So, I mean... Do you want, do you want me to go first? <laughs> well, like, my first thought is, uh, like, a good game soundtrack to me, like, it has to make me emotionally remember, like, parts of the game and such so i mean typically if i listen to a soundtrack for a game that i've never played before i'm just like i don't care because <laughs> it, sure it, it might be good I background guess. music and such but yeah like it's, it's gotta be able to be good enough for me to remember like what happens while it's playing and stuff like that it's gotta pull my heart gut punch it whatever pull your heart gut, heart gut, gut. punch and so I don't know, like, it's just so many genres of video game music, because this, I mean, video game music isn't just its own genre, it can fall into anything, but well, you got Persona games that have just actual songs in them, basically. Yeah, there's Persona, Danganronpa, World Ends With You, all those, like, pop music soundtracks, uh-huh. there's the kingdom hearts that are basically just rearrangements of movie soundtracks which have their own emotional draw from connection to the movies there's you know your sci-fi dubstepy type stuff there's your your more orchestral your very um minimalistic style soundtracks like tunic and breath of the wild there's so many different genres just with within video game music yeah so like i really feel like the most important part is just that it matches the video game it's in so that you can you know be reminded of it and as long as the songs don't suck in general yeah (laughs) yeah a good video game soundtrack uh just basically to piggyback your thing uh is i would say it needs to be evocative it needs to be able to connect to you and connect you to the game that you're playing that and also it needs to be as you said good background music because a lot of times you're going to be stuck in an area for hours yeah you better be able and willing to listen to that sound for hours there's sometimes where i'll be listening to like the soundtrack of game on spotify and i'll listen to a song just like oh i love this song and then it's over within a minute i go oh i didn't realize how short it was so that would you know was constantly repeating apparently I guess it just looped for six hours while I was stuck in that stupid dungeon. And then there'll be the really long songs that loop three times anyway in Spotify. I'm just like, why is it still playing? Yeah. So, yeah, 
be, being emotionally evocative, being, you know, good, like standable, like something, background music. And then the last one that I had, I just lost it. Dang, now. Huzzah. You lost it. Yeah, I lost it. Evocative, good, and... Um, doesn't suck. <laughs> doesn't suck. You're able to connect. Um, yeah. Matches the game. Uh, you know. You're just repeating what I said, but with fancier words, except for that last one. <laughs> except for the last one. <laughs> Thematic. There you go. <laughs> so, good question. Deep, deep yeah, was, dive into that's... such a thing. That's that's fun. Yeah. That is all that is all the questions that we have for today. Uh if you have any questions you would like for us to answer, you know, email us at thespawners at gmail.com or join our Discord and post in the questions for bombers chat. Uh, any yep, any those, of those methods those, is probably the best way to do it. Those are the options. You listed them. Go to our YouTube and post a comment to this video. <laughs> Yeah, sh- sure. We definitely will remember to look at that. I don't know. No, but do do that though. That'll be fun. Do do that. I mean, we, we might get. Do do. We hey. might get like email notifications. I don't know yet. I will figure it out. All right. So let's move on to. Uh, oh. What? What? Oh. Let's do. Let's do one of those things where we go. Hey, audience, what do you think makes a good video game soundtrack? And what are some examples of your favorite video game soundtracks? Let us know. I still remember on the IGN boards, this one person just like, uh, why would people listen to video game music, like outside video games? And I just responded with, why would anyone want to listen to metal music? Outside of a metal concert. <laughs> yeah, it's like, dude, it's just what people it's music, like. Bro. It's music. It's like, why would people want to listen to classical music? Because they like it. Yeah, and with video game music, it's fun because the music... You know, it connects to you, and you can remember the good times that you had playing the game. Yes, I can listen to Dearly Beloved and not even think about the game anymore. Or just listen to... uh, I see what you did there, Zach. You can listen to the Celeste soundtrack and just be like, man, this is just good. Man, I'm so glad I'm not playing this game. (laughs) Oh, come on. (laughs) But but a little bit, yeah. The game's tough. But the music's so good. That's like when I play. The soundtrack is also really good. I mean, the Doom soundtrack. Bit Trip Runner. Oh, wow. Yeah, I haven't listened to that Bit Trip stuff. That, those were fun. Like, I would not be playing that game as long as I did if it wasn't for the music. Yeah, exactly. And that's one where, you know, it's, uh, what's the word? It's like. R- rhythm? No, it's just like it changes from the gameplay and such. Oh, it's, um interactive sure let's go with that it's interactive with the game yeah it's cool i like i like the bit trip games those are fun yeah sack boys adventure is also a really great soundtrack nice so yeah we listed some of our favorites what are your favorites spyro spyro yeah spyro has great soundtrack yeah i never really had playstation games sad or consoles growing up i was very much a nintendo person growing up so i found out that the ape escape soundtrack is on spotify (laughs) and you've been listening to that i take it then yeah uh we 
do writing stuff every other Tuesday, and so uh, we have a you know the, the robot to play music in our Discord server. So I was just like, hey, Apescape music, I'll add some of that to the queue. Nice. No one else knows that game. <laughs> So I was just like, I mean, it's I, good music. At I least. know the game. I mean, no one else <laughs> that that was listening to it. Ah, uh, I see. But yeah, speaking of stuff that I've done the past week, Minish Recap, yeah, baby. Ha- oh wait! So everyone's favorite part of the show. So yeah, uh, uh, Haley and I both like writing. We have another friend who likes writing, so we get together on Tuesday, every other Tuesday, to just hang out and write. Sometimes we'll actually talk about the stuff we're writing. <laughs> Is it Kingdom Hearts fan fiction for you still, yeah. Zyber? Yeah. Yeah, of course. I'm going, uh, going through Olympus Coliseum <laughs> from the first Kingdom Hearts, so it's fun. Now, I... I've, I've realized that Phil never says, like, never introduces himself to them. I have a dumb. I'm going to regret this, I know. I can tell already. But here it is. What is your fanfic? What is your Kingdom Hearts fanfiction? What? It, why? Why are you? What is the thing that you are writing? So it's basically uh, original character insert. I have uh, uh, brother and sister who aren't. It's not an isekai. They're not from the real world, but they find themselves in Traverse Town from the first game and basically just join up with Sora, Donald, and Goofy to go through the first game. Currently, I'm, I'm writing out. So it's just the idea of well, there were more characters that you know also have their own you backstory mean, and stuff to give interesting stuff going on. What if there were new characters that that were made up by Zyber? Ah, I mean that's it's a popular fan fiction genre. At least at least oh, it's not me. I'm not. I'm, yeah, at least it's not a self insert. Yeah, I honestly can't do that. If I ever try to make a character based off of me, they end up becoming their own person anyway. Role playing, haha. Basically, yep. All right. I didn't regret that as badly as I thought that I would. No, it's not like I'm going to be all like, "Oh yeah," and then they start making out or something. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's a Sonic OC. It's a it's it's a Kingdom Hearts, but what if they went to the Sonic worlds? It's Kingdom Hearts, but what if it was? Uh, Nickelodeon instead of Disney. Kingdom Hearts, but it's Cartoon Network instead of Nickelodeon. Someone, we can keep. We can, I mean, I know someone who's interested in trying to write uh, Kingdom Hearts if it was anime instead of Disney. I'm just like, good luck with that. How do you make a world based off of an entire sh- anime show? How do you make a world based off of an entire Disney movie? I mean, they've done that. Plenty of times. Exactly. Except exactly. Except that they tried literally just going through Frozen and it sucked. So <laughs> Yeah. You gotta take the themes and the overtures. You can't just go through the movie. So yeah. you gotta take the themes and the overtures of a anime world and not just go through the anime story. So like you go to the DBZ world and you're just martial artsing all over the place. <laughs> and then you go to the Bleach world and you're just martial artsing all over the place. And then you go well, uh, yeah, honestly, all of the Shonen Jump worlds are going to be the same. Well, I know a lot of people are still hoping that Star Wars ends up became a Hearts 4. Apparently, there's like a picture that looks very much like Endor with the uh, AT 
ATST or whether the bipedals are, yeah. Like what looks like a foot of the ATST in the background. I mean, I feel like Lego Star Wars has got that covered as far as taking Star Wars and putting it into an interesting environment. I won't get upset if they end up having Star Wars in it, but like I really don't want them to. The only uh, the only thing that I will be upset by is that they're if they're if they do it, they're definitely going to push the sequels more than actual Star Wars, and it will suck. Well, I mean, apparently they're doing the original trilogy if it's actually is based off that image. Hopefully, but then it's just like, well, what I, are they going to do? Is it literally just going to be them showing up on Endor and just doing that specific part of it? Yeah, how's that going to work out? Um, I have actually, I did mentioned this pre- previously on the show but i i got lego star wars the skywalker saga and i am still having a good time playing with That's it good. i'm up to return of the jedi now um which means that once i finish return of the jedi i might end up not having a good time anymore because <laughs> i've been playing through in in universe chronology oh so you did the prequels first i did the prequels first then now i'm finishing off the rest of the original trilogy and then i have the sequels to go. That's probably why i would do but, too yeah the prequels were super fun because they threw in a bunch of the different like memes that have become popular in the past few years yeah it's like screw original trilogy memes they suck prequel memes they kind of yeah a lot of the original trilogy memes are not great but the prequel ones are hilarious (laughs) it could be really great uh sequel memes but i think people are just way too disappointed in them to come up with them <laughs> well the, the a good meme comes through affection more than so we just gotta wait like know. 10 to 15 years for the kids to grow up yeah exactly because like that's what happened with that's what happened with the prequels or prequels yeah. you know we're we are now 20 years out <laughs> from phantom Menace. i'll remember like, my dad taking me to watch the movies yeah. And then, like, years later, I finally watched the originals. <laughs> uh, that hurts me. Um, my parents. That, that kind of, like, nostalgic affection makes for way better memes than just, this is bad and I don't like it, because that's not funny. That's just hurtful. You know? <laughs> we, need, we, need, we need lighthearted and fun shenanigans, not mean and hurtful shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Depends on the person, I guess. I was, yeah, I was attempting to make a Super Troopers reference there, but I botched it. So yeah, besides writing and watching, gosh, I keep <laughs> what? So Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, or Mom? I already have yes. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts, Melody of Memory. So every time that I want to say Doctor Strange's movie, Melody of Memory comes up in my head instead. <laughs> Yeah, you know, Doctor Strange, Melody of Memory, and Kingdom Hearts, Multiverse of Madness. Oh, that'd be cool. it, That fits way better than it needs to. <laughs> well, there was some melody stuff going on, Doctor Strange. But anyway, yeah, that was that was a movie that I feel like I can't even talk about without spoiling it. I so. really need to see it. It's on my list of, of need to see. But I want to watch No Way Home first. I feel like it plays directly into it, and that's sort of you the weakness. You haven't seen No of... Way Home. I still no, I still haven't seen Gosh. it. And that's the weakness of the the Marvel release schedule. Is like, 
well, I'm one movie behind, which means I guess I can never watch a Marvel movie again until I finally watch That's that. That's actually hilarious, because I saw, like, a person online recently say, like, Marvel movies are finally where the comics are, where you can just not watch the ones you don't care about. And I just saw, like, that's false for both movies and comics, actually. Like, that's the big reason why it's so hard to get into the comics. It de- with the comics, it kind of a little bit depends, because you can sort of get away with only reading a single line until you get to crossover events, and then it becomes And they'll be all like, this issue. is from this thing of this line, and that guy's from this thing of that line. It's like... A- Okay, well, if I try I reading that specific number from that line, then I'll be really confused. Yeah. And that's sort of the problem that the Marvel movies have right now, is that everything is super interconnected, where the entirety of the MCU is a crossover event. Yeah, like... So you will you get lost nigh immediately anymore. And, like, since Wanda's in there, it's a really good idea to have watched WandaVision before watching this movie. Yeah. Not a spoiler since she's if you're in the gonna... trailer, so whatever. <laughs> and, and and if you're gonna watch WandaVision, you need to have watched Infinity Wars and Endgame. Well, you do and that if you're gonna anyway. watch Infinity Wars and Endgame, you're going to have to have watched all of the movies before that. Not all of them. Like I didn't watch no, not all. I didn't watch Black Panther or Captain Marvel or like a few other ones before I had watched Endgame. Ant Man and I watched Ant-Man and the Wasp well after. So I watched that because it was on Disney Plus. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I eventually watched it on Disney Plus, but by then Endgame had already come and went. So yeah. So yeah, Marvel movies that they're definitely a pain to get into if you haven't been following them since its yeah. inception. They're really suffering from the bloat right now. It's like Haley stopped watching them when her sister had a boyfriend to go watch them with instead. <laughs> well, uh, there you go. So um, I did watch... So, like, she watched the first segment, and then she missed the middle, and now she's watching them with me and my friends, and she's all like, yeah, this isn't confusing at all. <laughs> Lies. <laughs> I, 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 I watched, um this past week, I watched The King's Man, which is the third movie in The Kingsman, but also, chronologically speaking, in-universe, the first, because it's the story of how the Kingsman or agency or organization, or whatever it is, came together. Uh-huh. It was fine. It was okay. It's like it took place in World War... N- yeah, World War One. The, the Great War. The Great War. Ni- the early 1900s, not the mid 1900s. Like, what do you mean, World War One? Is there going to be another one? Yeah, the the, the time, time traveler. Do we win the Great War? Oh yeah, you win World War One. Wait, what do you mean one? Yeah, you won. Uh, anyway, it was fine. Um, I think I liked it more than the second Kingsman, whatever that one was, Golden Compass or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Nothing's ever gonna, you know, beat the ending of the first one though. That was pretty great. The first one's good. That's my favorite of the three overall. The second one, I felt like they just went a little bit too dark on. Well, also going against stuff they've done. Also, yeah, just being a little weird. 
Um, and then this third one felt like a good balance that was very similar to what the first one hit in its stride, but the writing wasn't quite as strong as that first one. I mean, I I much more enjoy seeing modern day spy stuff anyway, so. It was, I enjoyed, I, uh, there were multiple times where I was watching it and I was just like, this is just a World War One movie. Where where's the weird spy stuff here? I don't under. This is weird. It's like it might as well just be like a Black Ops kind of World War One thing instead. Yeah. Well, it still had that weird Kingsman feel to it with the Being British. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't like a James Bond spy type of thing because that's never. Kingsman has always specifically tried to subvert that. Well, I mean, James Bond is a satire on spy movies anyway, so. Well, now it is. No, it, I mean, it's been satire. James Bond is a terrible spy. Yeah, the movies are weird. And then then someone decided to make a satire off of a satire. Which is, it's, let me recollect my thoughts here. (laughs) It's funny because the James Bond books are just spy books, but then the James Bond movies are weird and fairly satirical, as you pointed out. Yeah. And then there are, the I believe the Kingsman started as a comic series. Oh yeah, that sounds familiar. So, that sounds right, probably. Yeah. No one look it up. That sounds probably right. Don't bother fact-checking so, us. We know we're right. So, so this one wasn't quite a, like, it was not a comedy movie. It was a, it, I mean, it wasn't a serious drama. It was more, it was an action flick, but it wasn't a comedy like how the first Kingsman had those serious moments and sort of ridiculous comedic moments. I think it had an issue with tone, honestly, is why I had such a, have such a hard time exactly pinning it down. It struggled with tone. Well, I'll probably watch that at some point anyway. I think it's on... What did you watch it on? Did you rent it? I watched it on HBO oh, Max. so it is on HBO Max. Perfect. Yes. I have that. Oh, that's right. I there saw the first three episodes of the Batman, like, 90s show again. Oh, but... Batman animated yeah. series. Nice. I forgot yeah, that's how good. dark it was. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, I got to keep watching that. I I think I have the first two seasons on DVD. You're just missing the last two, actually. Then. Yeah, I just need the last. Which half. honestly was the one that I didn't see on TV much because, like, I saw Robin is in the fourth season. I'm just like, yeah, I know there were Robin episodes, but I never saw any. Yeah. I remember the Robin stuff, but it's not the parts that stick the most in my memory from animated series. Well, apparently so. the ones I saw the most aren't, like, I haven't gone to it yet, which I've only seen the first three episodes, but, like, they were brand new to my mind. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to, whenever you're only watching on television when it's whatever episode they decide to air that yeah. day type of stuff. But yeah, I'm definitely excited to watch it again. Just like 
best Batman show. Much better than any oh, other so ones. Good. Look, I have no arms. <laughs> yeah, just wait wild. Yeah, for sure. Batman animated series is spectacular. Batman Beyond was pretty good, too. Yeah, because that was like basically a sequel to just... that show. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to what was it, Batman and Superman, or well, that I think that was like because that was all that was also a continuation of the animated series as because Batman the animated series and Superman the animated show whatever yeah I think it was the New Adventures of Superman I think it was called yeah something like that um they they took place in the same DC universe that then. I believe was supposed to be the same DCAU uh, animated universe that Justice League and Justice League Unlimited were all part of that same continuity. So I think it was new. Well, maybe the New Adventures of Superman and Batman is what it was called. Because there were there were Batman and Superman two separate series, and then they combined together into a single series, and then the Justice League became a series, and then there was also Batman Beyond, which was technically part of the same thing, but way in the future, and like. And then they had Static Shock to the Justice League series universe good stuff and also like just based off of these three episodes i go heck yeah like the new the batman movie is so more that style oh it's so tonally spectacular hitting that that proper dark noir gotham at night feel. Uh i loved it like so like we already have in the show like seeing batman use bruce wayne to do detective stuff and so I'm excited yeah. to see more of the Batman movies and such get that involved too. Wait, wait where uh, Pat Bat actually Batterson, whatever, <laughs> whatever we're calling him, um, Batterson to see Batterson <laughs> uh, to see his to see his character of batman slash bruce wayne evolving yeah uh, further from where we left off in the batman i think is going to be i hope they make at least a it's like i want i want to see him don a persona of bruce wayne yeah instead of just being the emo that he was in that film he you know, i want to see that evolve into oh yes bruce wayne is as much a useful tool as batman is because he that was clearly a shortcoming of his in the film was not properly utilizing the Bruce Wayne persona. Yeah. It's like, man, what should I do with all this money? Eh, I don't care. Yeah. I don't couldn't possibly it. do any good with money. Uh, and also, I've been playing Pulsar the Lost Colony with some of our Survival Sunday people because we're learning the ropes to turn that into a series on twitch and possibly edit it down to release on the youtube is that the one where people have different roles of being like spaceship yep i was about to explain it's basically a it's basically a star trek game it's like if star trek bridge crew was good where you have five people playing five roles on a spaceship wandering around the galaxy doing different missions and exploration you've got your captain your pilot your science officer, your engineer, and your weapons officer. Each one in charge of their own roles that they must familiarize themselves with. Pretty much exactly mirroring a bridge crew from any Star Trek property. It sounds fun. It's it it, it, it was a, a pretty big learning curve, honestly, but now that we've sort of gotten into the flow, it's been a lot of fun. 
Well, I so, guess people have forward. to yeah come to the Sunday viewings. Yeah, uh, we're still we're still doing quote unquote pre-show preseason. Like we're trying to unlock a specific ship that we want to fly around in the actual Sunday games, that kind of stuff. So, not sure when that will be like the official Sunday game, but look forward to it and check it out when it happens because it's been fun. You know, it's also fun. I'm kind of... No, what's what's being done with the episode? We. Uh.